0: Hi, this is Aaron Orlando reporting for the Revelstoke Mountaineer. I'm joined by Kelsey Firk, who is the Executive Director of the Revelstoke Caribou Rearing in the Wild Society. We're here to talk about uh, some action out in the field last week where they were capturing some more caribou for the second year of the penning project. Kelsey, thanks for talking to me.
1: Thanks for having me here, Aaron.
0: So, um, we'll start with the, the news part of it. Uh, in late March and early into April, you guys were uh, collecting 18 new caribou for the Revelstoke, uh, the, the maternity penning project, uh, which is up uh, Lake Revelstoke, north of here. Um, first of all, te- for someone who hasn't heard of this project at all, what is the penning project?
1: Yeah, Revelstoke Caribou Rearing in the Wild is a collaboration of diverse stakeholders that have come together to support caribou conservation in the North Columbia Mountains. Um, We consist of the Revelstoke Community Forestry Corporation, the North Columbia Environmental Society, the Revelstoke Snowmobile Club, Micah Heli Skiing, the province of BC, the Columbia Mountains Caribou Research Project, the Spots in First Nation, and Parks Canada also uh, assist us. And uh, we have come together to fundraise and implement a maternity penning program for caribou in order to um, try and help uh, caribou calf survival in the North Columbia Mountains. Um, And essentially what's involved with the project is that we capture caribou in March when they're pregnant. We put females um, in a six and a half hectare enclosure that's within uh, native caribou habitat. And we do this all um, with specific protocols and under the supervision of uh, highly trained wildlife veterinarians. And we keep them in the pen until late July. The females calve in uh, sometime between late May and into June. And the idea is is that we keep the the young neonate uh, caribou calves in the pen where they're safe and uh, there are no predators and let them grow up until they're large enough and more capable of evading predators in the field.
0: So You've just caught 18 new cows. Uh, Tell me what's involved in in wrangling that many animals. Tell me about the production.
1: Yeah, it's quite the production. We had um, 27 staff on site for um, each of two days of capture. And essentially, there's two helicopters, um, some snowmobiles on site, and then uh, the pen itself. And so caribou are captured in the field under the direction of an experienced wildlife biologist. Um, A net is used to capture them from the helicopter. And uh, they're given a sedative and hobbled and blindfolded and uh, placed in a helicopter and transported to the site. The place that they're transported to is away from the pen to avoid disturbance of caribou that are already in there. And they're transported in a snowmobile. And uh, then once they get into the pen, uh, two wildlife veterinarians assist in taking all the samples that we need. Um, And so that's hair for DNA. Um, They're ear tagged and a radio collar is um, uh, put on in order to track them once they're released from the pen and uh, blood is drawn in order to look for various disease markers and also to determine if they're pregnant.
0: How did it go this year?
1: You know, it went really well. We, uh, yeah, we had, as you said, we had 18, we have new, n- 18 new caribou in the pen plus one 10-month-old calf. Um, and two of those females were captured last year. So they're, uh, they're back where they have been before, and they're very capable of finding the food this time around. <laughs>
0: um, do you have all the tests back? Are they all pregnant?
1: Uh, we only have half of the information back because we captured on the 27th and then again on the 2nd, so we don't have the 2nd group back. But uh, 7 out of 8 of the females that were captured on the 27th are pregnant.
0: So the goal is, and, and you know, a lot of people in Revelstoke are really familiar with this project, the, the, the idea, as you just stated, is... Let's help the calves get through these first months of their lives when predation rates are high. And uh, that will hopefully boost numbers uh, in the populations in the mountains around here. Now, this is year two. Um, on April 2nd, you guys put out a, another uh, adv- media advisory describing how year one went. Uh, the, the, the program size was about half. You caught about uh, nine, ten 10 10 cows last year. So um, let's talk about last year. How did it go?
1: Yeah, last year we caught um, 10 adult females and then there were two 10 month old calves at that time in March. Um, And things went well. They went spectacularly in the pen, really. We had um, nine of those 10 females were pregnant. And they all gave birth to healthy calves, and all of the calves and uh, adults and the then juveniles were all released from the pen on um, July the twenty third of twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. and yeah, the pen itself was um, it worked very well. Like it survived now two winters, and it was successful at deterring a number of predators. We have um, two shepherds that are full-time living on the site and uh, yeah, together those two defenses did a good job at making sure that caribou were safe in the pen. Um, and yeah, we're thankful that we had no other issues in regards to that on release. I,
0: I noticed that, um, there was a lot of, um, predators spotted in, in the area. You had grizzly bears, black bears, cougars, wolverines, coyotes, uh, I think, lynx. I think there was maybe, uh, pretty much everyone out there. Uh, was it effective at keeping the animals, uh, out, the predators out?
1: Yeah, I think the combination of having staff on site that were regularly, um, they go out, we have infrared wildlife cams uh, scattered throughout the area to keep track. They're regularly checked, and staff are out looking for tracks in the snow and then in the mud once spring comes along. And just having a human presence in the area definitely helps to deter animals. Um, and then we also had a wolverine attempt to climb the fence, and he got it's an electric fence basically that covers. Um, a very tall uh landscape cloth visual barrier and the electric fence did deter one wolverine he got a bit of a shock and never came back
0: and so it seems like it was a, a real big success y- you know the capture went well last year um uh, the penning went well the the release went well how did it go after that the the uh, the april report basically updates uh until march of this year how, how did they fare after that
1: yeah, we did a uh, flight in October, and we got eyes on six caribou at that time that we knew were still alive. Sometime in October, um, three more we weren't sure about because we'd had um, we've had several uh, radio callers that expanded on the calves prematurely and fell off. So. By the time March came around, though, we were left with two live caribou out of the nine that were released, um, and several others were no longer at heel of their moms. So when we went to count them, there just was no calf with a, with a female. All the females, all ten females, made it to March, Were continued to be alive. Um, which is an improvement on the historical survival or average survival in the North Columbia Mountains. So we had 100%, and historically it's around 80. Um, but the calf survival itself at 2 out of 9 was uh, somewhat disappointing, um, and it's essentially the same as what we uh, estimate in the wild population at the moment. So they they were roughly the same, so no significant improvement in calf survival. Um, a number of... Uh, possible explanations for that. Um, we had one of the nine caribou were, were, were eaten by wolves. We know that for sure. Um, and then the remaining six, we, as I said, we don't know what the cause of death was, um, because of some failure in the technology. Um, however, it was a weird winter and, um, we're hoping that um, in, in our next years that uh, we will have better success in regards to that. Um, because it was such a strange winter and it was very warm and it took a long time for the snowpack to develop in the subalpine, caribou spent a long time in the valley bottoms, which is their typical early winter habitat, and they weren't able to um, get up into the subalpine where they're spatially... Um, separated from predators and the other thing was is there was a quite a few rain events this winter that formed across on the snow and may have allowed for predators to get into the alpine when they would normally have a harder time of it but all of that is just speculation and um, we're hoping that the winter that we had this year is not typical Mm
0: -hmm. yeah in in the report you uh, reference the, the I guess it was a, a measurement uh, in Rogers Pass saying that uh, snowfall was about half, precipitation was much higher and average temperatures are about four degrees or so higher the, the, the caribou as I understand it. And maybe you can correct me, they, ha- they have the big snowshoe paws and that's what gives them an advantage in the, um, in the subalpine. They can uh, get away from predators as well as when the snow is high access lichen that they eat, which is dangling from the trees up high.
1: Yeah, you nailed it there. Yeah, we've got, they're um, in the early winter when there's not very much snow up high. They're down in the cedar hemlock forests, and they're essentially looking for uh, lichen down low on trees and for trees that just happen to have fallen over um, that contain a lot of lichen. And so things are a little bit rough for them in the fall. And as as winter progresses, they are able to access that lichen that's quite a bit higher in the trees. And they essentially use, yeah, they use the snow as a ladder to access that stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. So you had a survival rate that's almost exactly the average for um, um, wild um, calves born in the wild. Um, for just being one year into the project is is that a deterrent or or a setback or how how do you deal with that going forward what what's your thinking or the the group's thinking
1: yeah i mean uh, there's no question that i am disappointed with the fact that we didn't have more calves survive until march yeah there's no question um in terms of all of the things that we have had control over in terms of managing the pen the capture the calving Um, and making sure that predators were excluded from the area and the great community involvement that we've had. Like, we've had massive volunteer support for this project. We had over 330 hours of volunteer time dedicated this winter to the Revelstoke, um, to picking lichen for caribou. So from that perspective, it's been a great success, and um, I am cautiously optimistic that the, um, the high level of survival that we saw amongst adults is a very positive indicator that perhaps we're having a positive effect on adult survival. And I'm hopeful that in the years that come ahead here, that, uh, we will also have a better, um, impact on calf survival.
0: So obviously you've got, uh, a- 18 new, um, cows that you've taken in. So we're, we're, you're going forward this year. What's sort of your long-term, uh, plan for the project
1: um like i said we'll uh you know we'll we'll take a look at what our results are and move forward from there but it's a three to five year pilot project and essentially it has to be scaled up in order to have an impact a significant impact on the population so we'll see
0: Another um, thing that is mentioned in the, in the report is the, the, f- the females, the, the cows, intermingled with herds in the wild and I know that's been an issue in other um, sort of not more relocation uh, projects, not which this is not, this is a bit different. W- was that a big success?
1: Yeah, the females all on release actually went immediately into the subalpine, which is essentially their summer habitat. And we were all very happy to see that happen. Um, And a number of them integrated into existing caribou herds in the area. And they all were in typical summer caribou habitat and then into typical early winter and late winter caribou habitat. So, yeah, that was excellent to see.
0: Um, You've mentioned that there's been a lot of community involvement. Do you have the need for more involvement for volunteers, that kind of stuff? What's, uh, what's required out there?
1: Yeah, always, we definitely need people to help with lichen picking. We had, as I said, um, a number of very, very dedicated volunteers here this winter. We've got, um, our board dedicates many, many hundreds of hours to this operation. And so, yeah, we're definitely looking for people and, um, depending on what their skill sets, I can, I can get people to uh, get involved. I would love to, love to have more people.
0: Are they doing that out ski touring, out on ATVs, hiking? How, how yeah. I can do, just, do I just go round up some lichen and show up, or what do you do?
1: Um, they can contact us via the website, and I can put them in touch with the right people. In the wintertime, uh, we've been using the lichen at the Revelstoke Mountain Resort. Um, They've offered us uh, some tickets, free tickets for people that are lichen picking, which is very generous of them. And we have a coordinator that comes out and will talk your ear off about all sorts of things caribou and you can hang out um, on a sunny day and pick some lichen off of trees. We do it on weekends and usually one day during the week, and that's during the ski season. Uh, We may be also organizing some more spring, uh, so probably summer and fall events too. So if you're interested, please do get in in touch.
0: Kelsey Firk is the Executive Director of the Revelstoke Caribou Rearing in the Wild Society. Kelsey, thanks so much for talking with me today.
1: Okay, thanks, Aaron. And I just did want to mention that we have a number of funders that make this project possible.
0: Let's go for it.
1: (laughs) um, There's a whole list of funders on our website under contributors. And I will mention the major funders here, and that's the Government of Canada, the Province of BC, Shell Canada, Parks Canada, Columbia Basin Trust the Revelstoke Community Forestry Corporation, the Fish and Wildlife Compensation Program, Downey Timber, Golder Associates, and Selkirk Tangiers, HeliSkiing were all major funders, and there are many, many, many other businesses um, and local people that have contributed to this project, so I do want to say thank you very much, and I uh, encourage people to take a look at our website at rcrw.ca.
0: And just following on that, um, on the question about helping with the like, and um, are you looking for financial contributions or other in-kind contributions? Uh, if so, what are they? Or if someone has an idea, how can they uh, find out about uh, what you need?
1: Yeah, it depends on the time of year. But the best bet would to just be to get in touch with us via our uh, email. It's rcrwsociety at gmail.com.
0: Kelsey, thanks so much.
1: Thank you.